There was a Super Bowl commercial that FedEx aired to spoof the movie of The Castaways. Castaways is a movie, of course, in which Tom Hanks played a federal FedEx employer or worker. Got stranded on a desert island, and most of you have seen the movie and seen the things that were going on and the packages, of course, that he gathered that washed up on the shore. Well, the commercial did a spoof on that for all you folks who don't watch the Super Bowl or didn't see the commercial. The commercial went something like this. There was a FedEx employee who was stranded on an island, and he had one package that he preserved, and he kept it with him the whole time. And after four or five years, I forget what it was, he finally gets rescued. And he decides to deliver this package himself. And so he delivers the package and the woman answers the door and he says, you know, it's been four or five years I was on an island, but if this gave me hope that I would come on out here and deliver this package for you. And she said, thank you. And was about ready to close the door. And uh, he said, well, if you don't mind, would you just mind opening the package up? And let me see what's, what I stood guard on all this time. So she, she opened it up, opened the contents, let everybody see what was there. She says, oh, there's really not a whole lot in here. She said, it's just a satellite telephone, a global positioning device, a compass, a water purifier, and some seeds. <laughs> Untapped resources. Boy, I'll tell you what. This did not turn out to be Super Bowl 101, but that's where it is right now. We actually were going to do something else in this, but as I was laying it all out, I just I saw a theme here. It says, dear God, look at that. So we just put that theme right on in there. It wasn't anything that I came up with on my own, own side. But we're going to go through Super Bowl one-on-one. And for all you folks who have not seen a Super Bowl, and maybe this is your first Super Bowl today, or uh, just are not all that into it, and you know maybe once a year you actually watch a football game and may be unclear as some of the things that are going on in the Super Bowl. We have brought a prop with us today and to help us out with this. And we're going to talk about some things using this to help you get an idea of what is going on. Well, we've been talking about being faithful, being faithful in, in little things. Last couple of weeks, we looked at, at principles of faithful people. And we looked, took them from Romans chapter 12, principles of faithful people. We spent two weeks on that. Not going to get into all those principles here today. But if you want to see some of the principles of faithful people, you can go up on the web, download those, listen to those, whatever you'd like to do. So way back when we first started this, we looked at being faithful in little things. And in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, Matthew 25 verse 14, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And this theme went on for the other one as well. He presented what he had done and faithful, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. You will be ruler over many things. God looks at what we are faithful over. He looks at what we have been faithful in. He looks at what we have been given and how we have done with what we have been given. He does not look at us compared to someone else. He looks at us compared to what we have received. If we receive two talents, He judges us on receiving two talents. If we receive five talents, He judges us on what we did with the five talents we received. If we only receive one talent, He only judges us on the one talent we received. You do not have to come up with all the things that someone else did. What you must do is be faithful with what you have been given and accomplish the part in the body that you are called to fulfill. And that is all. It does not matter how many people step on you. We talked about that in this series. Don't let people hold you back. Don't let places hold you back. Don't let these other things hold you back. You are the one who is responsible to go forward with what you have. And God does not look at any excuses. This guy came up with some excuses. The, the final guy who uh, took his talent and buried it in the ground. And God wasn't too impressed with that. We didn't like that a whole lot. What do you mean buried in the ground? He didn't have very good things to say about that. If you want to, you can read the rest of that. We've already read it before. But if you want to refresh your memory going home before the Super Bowl today, you'll have time. You can read that over. But let's get on here what we want to get into. 
being faithful in little things. First off, when we are faithful in little things, it establishes patterns in us. It establishes patterns in us. We talked about patterns in the weeks before. When you establish a pattern, how many of you know, and we'll just review this, how many of you know that you have established patterns in your life? How many of you get hungry around 5 o'clock? 6 o'clock? Seven, whatever time that you normally have dinner, whatever time you normally have lunch, do you not find yourself hungry at around that time? How many of you get gasoline at the same gas station? Do you establish that pattern? I had it when I was driving the truck. When I drove the truck, it was a diesel truck. You can't find diesel everywhere. You can find it in a number of places, but you cannot find diesel everywhere. Just because you find a gas station doesn't mean you found a place that you can fill up. So I knew how far that truck could go. And I, had, I ran the same route pretty much every week. And so I knew what stations I could get to. And I was able to accomplish filling up my truck using, utilizing three different gas stations. And I covered everything from here into South Jersey, Central Jersey, North Jersey. Three different gas stations covered me. And I could get from one to the other without any problem. However, every once in a while, someone at the plant would borrow my truck. Now, when I parked that truck, that truck was generally full to three-quarters of a tank full of gas or, or diesel. Because the pattern was, I would start at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and even though uh, you know I have certain stations, not all of them are open at 4 a.m. in the morning. They're not usually even open at 5 a.m. in the morning. It takes them a little bit of time to get going. And you, when you are going by them, you need them to be open then, not some other time down the road. And so, so often I would come into that truck expecting three-quarters of a tank of gas and finding an eighth. Now, at 4 a.m. in the morning, this is not a good find. But I had patterns. And I knew when I drove here to here, I could get to here and fill up. And I could get over to here and fill up. And another thing was money. I had to make sure that I had enough money to put stuff in. So certain people paid you cash and I could use that cash. Thing. I had it all down to a pattern. We've, we find patterns. How many of you have patterns? How many of your kitchens are generally found in a certain pattern? How about your cars? How many of your cars generally follow a certain pattern? <laughs> Whether clean, dirty, somewhere in the middle. Doesn't it seem to always be that pattern? Even when you go through it and you clean it all up, and you spend an hour fixing it all up, how long does it take to get right back to the place it was? <laughs> There's patterns that we have, and we've established those patterns. When we become faithful in little things, we establish patterns of faithfulness. You can change patterns. You can change them. But it does take effort. It does take deliberate effort. So being faithful in little things, it establishes patterns in us. It develops faithfulness to God. I'm showing God, God, I am faithful with a few things. When I'm faithful with a few things, what does God then do? He gives me more. We follow the same pattern. When you have children or when you have people under you in, in employment, are they not first faithful in little things before you give them bigger things? You don't find a new employee and say, hey, here's the key. Open up tomorrow. Being faithful in little things builds trust with others. When I am faithful with little things, other people begin to trust me more. Other people can say, oh, I can put this into your care. Well, as we look at this, we're going to look at two main things here. And the first one is getting the ball. There are three different ways in which the ball will be delivered today. For those of you who are going to spend time watching the Super Bowl, I have not decided if I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I have made, I've watched just about everyone for a while, but I'm just really upset with some things going on in the NFL and really don't know if I even care to watch it today. <laughs> Whether or not I get over that, by the time we do, that happens, I don't know. It won't break my heart. And it's, it's just, there's a, these are two teams that I really don't care if one of them loses or one of them wins. I have nothing against any of them that I want to see any one of those teams lose and nothing for any of those teams to see one of those teams win. I really don't care the outcome. But anyway, now last year that wasn't the case. I wanted a team to lose. <laughs> it just would have been better if the other team didn't win in accomplishing that. But anyway, there are three ways that you can get the ball. And the three ways you're going to get the, get the ball today. First way is they can kick the ball. In fact, when they start off the game, they're going to flip a coin and then someone is going to get the ball to kick it to the other team. Right? Jeremy, come on up here for a minute. Appreciate you doing this for you. I need you to 
Just stand right here. Face that way. See where your mom is? <laughs> Do you know how to kick a ball? All right. Now I want you to run up here and kick this ball. Ready? Set? Go. Now hold on a minute. I want to make sure that you know. This is a pretend kick. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Your mom was nervous, so I had to. All right. Ready? Set? Go. Now they kick the ball goes that way and the ball goes sailing. That's how we kick the ball in football. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> Pulling a little Lucy here, that's all. <laughs> but that's the first way that the ball will be delivered. The ball will be kicked. Now, the, the receiving team, when the ball is kicked, the receiving team on the other side has a man in the back designated to receive the, the ball. It is generally someone on the team who has a, spe- a special skill at returning kickoffs. Generally, the person who does punts doesn't always do kickoffs. Sometimes it's the same. But it's usually a very unique person, and sometimes it is a feared person is back there and they want to be real careful with how they kick the ball if they don't kick the ball to the guy and they kick the ball out of bounds they get a penalty and sometimes they try onside kicks so they don't go to him or another name is a squib kick but you don't need to know all that different stuff all these different kind of kicks will go on but generally the ball is going to be kicked and more than likely the guy who's standing around the goal line is going to receive the ball everyone knows who is back there to receive the ball Everyone, the, the offense or the, the special teams, they are designed for this guy to get the ball. There's no mystery in this. If they kick the ball deep, this guy is going to get the ball and he is going to run it. This is sim- similar to what God does for us in the beginning. Because God gives us talents and abilities. So the kick is what God has given to me. When you see that kickoff, you just remember, God has given to me certain things. They just drop right in your hand. They're there, dropped right into your life. God just gives them right to you. These are talents, interests, skills, and abilities. God just takes them, and that ball comes sailing into the air, and then, bam, right there. There it is. And it comes to you, and you got the ball. Everyone knew you were going to get the ball. Everyone knew these things were coming to you. Here's the ball. What are you going to do with it? So this is what we start with. These are the things that you're going to have to start with. Now, after the kickoff, things get a little, a little dicey, a little bit more mixed up. And from here, we have two ways that the ball will be delivered. After the ball is hiked to the quarterback, generally to the quarterback, you're going to have a pass or a handoff. A pass is when the quarterback goes back and through an overhand motion, throws the ball. A handoff is when the quarterback comes back and generally through an underhand motion hands the ball off to one of the running backs in the back or sometimes to a receiver who comes circling around on the side. Those are the two ways that it will go on. It is unknown to the defense who is supposed to get the ball. But each play is designed that someone gets the ball. Sometimes there's a secondary person in the pass or a third person or something like that. But not everyone on the offense is qualified to get the ball. Now, if you don't watch football all the time, you don't know that. But if a certain person on the offense touches the ball, it'll be a penalty. You cannot throw a pass to a lineman. They are an ineligible receiver. Being an ineligible receiver, they're also not allowed to go so far downfield before that ball is thrown or before the ball is handed off. <laughs> so, yeah, some, of, some of them can't, yeah. But there's tight ends, there's receivers, and there's backs. And out of those folks, those ones will get the ball. It is not known to the defense who is going to get the ball. So in the course of the game, you will notice that the quarterback will go back and he will take the ball and he will throw it. You didn't think I was really going to do it, did you? (laughs) But I did. Yeah. (laughs) He will throw it. And he will throw it to a particular target. And that target is expected to catch the ball. It does not matter if it's a difficult catch. It does not matter if they are going to get hit after they catch the ball. (laughs) All that matters is that that receiver or back or tight end catches the ball that is thrown to him. They don't come back into the huddle and say, you know, the ball was a little slippery. The ball, it came in a little too fast. 
the, the guy was going to hit. Did you see? The guy was going to hit me. They don't come back to the huddle and say all these kind of things. When the ball is delivered to your direction, you are expected to catch the ball. If the ball is handed off to you, you are expected to carry that ball beyond the line of scrimmage. The further beyond the line of scrimmage, the better. But you are expected to go beyond the line of scrimmage. Now, sometimes when we throw that ball, the receiver drops it. Sometimes when you hand off that ball, the receiver, the, the back will drop it. And they come back to the huddle and, uh, and things aren't so good. The back dropped the ball. Defense could have picked it up. You don't have the ball anymore. If the receiver dropped the ball, you got to come back to the huddle. You got to try again. You lost it down. Does that quarterback say, you dropped the ball. I am not giving you this ball for the rest of the game. That's not so good. Because if you've got 11 guys on the field and you're not using one of them, it's not going to help you out. And then if the other guy drops the ball, now you're not using two of them. Then the defense says, he's not going to throw it to him anyway. He dropped it. That's not even cover him. Let's go over here and cover this one. So they, they can't do that. But when we have the passes and the handoffs, I want you to think of it this way. Passes or handoffs are what others have entrusted to me. So we have two ways for the ball to be delivered. First off, what God has given to me, which are my talents, interests, skills, and abilities. These are the things that I start with. These are the things in that parable when Jesus said He's given to five, two, and one, and so forth. Then we have the passes and the handoffs. And this is what others have entrusted to me. Other people have said, I am going to deliver the ball to you. I'm going to throw the ball your way. I'm going to see what you can do with it. And they've entrusted that to you. And sometimes we drop the ball. So what I have is developed by me and recognized by others. What I have is developed by me. You must develop the skills that God has given you. But then other people, as you develop them, recognize that you have those skills. Why is a wide receiver not a center? They have developed different skills. And you don't want your wide receiver under center. You don't want that to happen. It's not pretty. So what I have is developed by me and recognized by others. I can disqualify myself though. I can disqualify myself. You drop the ball enough times on that field, what's that coach going to do to you? He's going to put your bottom on the bench and you're going to park it there for a little while. And if you get up off that bench, he's going to be, you get back on that bench, sit down. Don't you tell me you want the ball right now. He doesn't do that on the first time, but second, third, whatever, he's, he's eventually going to get that place. First Corinthians 9 verse 27 says, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. 2 Corinthians 13, 5-7 says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable, though we may seem disqualified. One more, Titus verse 16 of chapter 1. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Don't disqualify yourself. If you want people to pass the ball to you or hand off the ball to you, don't disqualify yourself. Keep yourself on there. Another thing that could happen today in the game, and if you don't watch the game on a regular basis, you won't know what's happened. But if a player goes out of bounds, that player cannot be the first one to touch the ball. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't do that. Keep yourself qualified. So we've gone over the kick. We've gone over the pass and the handoff. Now we're going to go over the third way. And this is the third way for the ball to be delivered. We've had the kickoff. We've had the offense out on the field. We've had the passes. And we've had the handoffs. And Eric, I need you to come up here to help me out with this. Eric, right now, you are playing defense. I don't care what position you're playing defense. What defense position would you like to play in defense? It doesn't matter to you either. It doesn't really matter to me, so we're okay. We're, we're both on the same page here. But I'm on offense and you're on defense. And if I'm coming and I'm running along and all of a sudden the ball comes out of my hand, what do you do? Is that what you... Is that... I, was, I had much higher hopes of you. 
much. I thought if anybody's going to do this right, you were the one I thought would do it the best. All right. So I'm going to give you another challenge because you didn't know in front of all these people that I wanted you to be Eric. <laughs> Did you? But I want you to be Eric. I want you to be Eric on the football field. Mean Eric. <laughs> Snarl a little bit. Come on. They're not watching. You're not watching me. They can't see your face. Snarl a little bit. And the ball, all of a sudden, it pops loose. And 22 guys are trying to land on this ball. What are you going to do? Ready? I don't want to hear what you're going to do. I want to see it. All right? Get ready. Get ready. The ball is going to come loose. Here it goes. I don't know. I think we have to give him one more chance. There we go. That's it. Who else wants Michael? You guys are always outside playing football. All right. Michael is on my team. Michael is on the offense. If the ball comes loose from me, what are you going to do? You're going to grab it. He's going to try and grab it too, okay? All right. So here it comes. Well, I'm running on down. He's blocking for me. You block him. All right? And we're running on down. All of a sudden, here comes the ball. What happens? There we go. All right, that's more like it. That's what I needed. I just need to get you some competition out there. That's it. That's the fumble. That's the fumble. When the ball pops loose, an interception or a fumble, any of those things, the ball would, would go over to the other side. There's a battle for that football. There's a battle for that that goes on. And people will throw themselves, not carrying them out their bodies, in order to get that pigskin. And when they do, they are happy. They get up and they are extremely thrilled to bring that ball back to their side of the field. And they don't just casually bring that, especially today in the Super Bowl, they do not just casually, I, I got, what do you want to do with it now? No, they are, this way, I got it! It's mine! You didn't get it, I got it! And they'll go over and decide, and you will see that whoever covers a fumble or picks up an interception will not let the ball go. They will carry this ball all the way over to their side and they will give it to one of their trainers and that trainer will take that, put a piece of tape on it and write their name on it. This is the ball that you recovered and at the end of the game, they will get it. That is a big deal. So what do fumbles mean? That's the third way. When a fumble happens, or an interception anyway, this is when I find something to do. What I find to do. The Word of God says, do whatever your hand finds to do. Whatever it is that you find to do, do it. When you see the ball on the carpet, pick it up. <laughs> Don't sit there, oh, look at that ball just kind of going around there, bouncing around on the floor. Oh, no, you go over there, you get it. When your hand finds something to do, you go over there and get it. These are the three ways in which the ball will be delivered into your hand. God is going to give you particular talents and abilities and what you're going to do with them. Other people are going to deliver things into your hands. And what are you going to do with the ball when you get it? And third, all of a sudden an opportunity will show up right in front of you. And what are you going to do? Well, I guess I could do that. See if anybody else wants to do it first. Could you imagine if we had 22 guys on the football field, the ball pops loose and they all say, I don't know, do you want it? I mean, I don't mind getting it, but you know, I, I really, I just cleaned this uniform. <laughs> you wouldn't be expecting these kind of things to go on, would you? No, the ball comes loose, you go and you get it. You take those opportunities, whatever it is that is out there. When you're going to be faithful, you're going to be faithful with what God has given you. You're going to be faithful with the things that other people deliver to you and you're going to be faithful to those opportunities that pop up in front of you for something to do. Now, take a look at this in the life of somebody. Joseph. We covered Joseph already. That's why we can just review him. Joseph, when he was born, did he not have certain God-given abilities? He was an organizer. He was a good organizer. And he used those God-given abilities all kinds of places. And he developed those traits in him so that his father began to recognize these traits in him and began to deliver things into his care. 
And when he was over in Potiphar's house, Potiphar saw these skills and these abilities that God had put in Joseph, that Joseph had developed, and he began to deliver things into his care so that by the end, all of of, uh, Potiphar's house was in Joseph's care. He gets to the prison. And the the prison guard already knows about Joseph. And he pretty much puts everything under Joseph's care because of the traits and qualities and giftings that were in Joseph that he spent time to develop. He delivered these things into his care. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, some guys have a dream and he interprets it. He sees the fumble. And he sees it. He doesn't say, anybody else want to interpret this dream? Anybody, anybody else out there at all want to interpret this dream? He gets out there and he says, I can interpret dreams. Tell it to me. And he does. And Alright, you're going to die. The other guy, you're going to live. So he tells the guy who's going to live, don't forget me when you get up before Pharaoh again. Well, he did. But then another opportunity arose. And Joseph was in position. He was developed. He was ready. And pretty soon all Egypt was under his care. But all three of these things were working in his life. You have skills. You have abilities. You may not know what in the world that skill has anything to do with. My son and I, we have some conversations about, about, about certain things and and one of the things that you will notice about him, in fact, if I were to go over to him right now, do you have any money in your pocket? Pull your money out. I could do this. I did not tell him about this ahead of time. I don't have to. All right. Show it. Just let me just see. Take a look at the money. First off, take a look at this. Do you know how much is in there? Good. <laughs> notice it is all put together. It's put together nice and neat. If you were to go through it, you would find out that all the money is in the same order. It's all facing in the same direction. He knows generally what's, what's in there. He'll, he'll see me sometimes and with some wrinkled wrinkled ones, he says, I can't have that. Cannot have it. See, I'll pull this out. Now, I know mine is not in the better shape as sometimes. Sometimes I go in there and I'll buy something and they give you $2 change and I just put it in my pocket. Right? And then I go someplace else and they give you $5 and, and some, I just take it, put it in my pocket. And then eventually, it'll irritate me and I'll pull it all out and I'll sort it all out and I'll put it in order and then it'll be, be right. Sometimes he'll, he'll see me, I'm at the place and I'm pulling it out. i got a five over here and, and a one folded over here and a ten. And he'll say, no, that would bug me. <laughs> that would irritate me. There, there are certain skills, there are certain abilities that are in him that cause that to happen. And as he goes and he develops those things, God's going to say, all right, I've been training up Christian for this purpose. And, and I'm sure that's, there's other things beside that, but I'm just bringing this, this one here to you. You have skills and ability. I mean, who would think that an organization like Joseph is a God-given thing? But you see, you've got to spend time to develop that and get it ready. See, to one person, you have an interest in, in some things. I mean, some people have interest in accounting. Whatever happened to those people in childhood to cause that? <laughs> <laughs> raised back there and he went through school and had to memorize all the how many are 200 some bones how many are bones are in there 206 hey, I should be asking your wife <laughs> but they had to go through and memorize that and memorize each bone and each muscle and each of the, the different parts of the body had them all memorized who wants does anybody here want to do that no, that's why you're not in their profession. That's why we didn't go through all that, that, that different... They had to, whatever it took to memorize all those different things and to do all that stuff. Accountants have what it takes to, to crunch numbers all day. Some of you folks said, no way could I do that. But you have certain skills and you have certain abilities. And God has called you to take those skills and those abilities and to develop them. Because as you develop them, other people will then be able to recognize those skills and deliver to you the ball. But then there will also be times when you find the ball on the grass. And you need to pick it up. You need to seize the opportunity. You need to get out there and do something with it. Well, along the way, after you get the ball, somewhere along that line, you are going to drop the ball. Happens to every football player. Somewhere along the line, you drop the ball. It is better when you drop the ball and the ball comes back to you, but it doesn't always happen. Sometimes the ball goes in a different direction than what you intend it to be. 
Well, how do you respond when other people drop the ball for you? Because you've all delivered the ball to somebody. You've taken that ball and you have passed it to someone, right? And you expect that that person's going to catch it. You have done that. But there have been all the, also other times. <laughs> that you have delivered the ball and it has been dropped. And that, is, that has produced disappointment in you, hasn't it? How do you respond when other people drop the ball? How do you like it when people respond to you when you drop the ball? Sometimes we've got to put ourselves in that position. Because we've all dropped the ball. Not only have we had the ball dropped on us, but we have dropped the ball. And how do we respond to that? How, do we, how does it help us in that response? So we need to learn those things. Now, why do we drop the ball? Why do we drop the ball? Some people have that tendency, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot on here and think that perchance, you know what? Keith will be, I think Keith will be able to pull this one off. Keith, come on up here. Now, Brother Keith, you watch football a pretty decent amount. I want you to pretend right now. And I want you to hear what it is that I am saying to you. <laughs> pretend that I am Tiki Barber. Okay. All right? And now Tiki's retired. But think back upon Tiki's career. If you were a defensive player, then Tiki Barber had the ball and he was running at you. What would be the first thing on him that you would hit? The ball. Absolutely. Now, why would that be? Because he fumbles. Because he fumbles. Tiki Barber drops the ball. Thank you. I, have, I, I thought you would probably be able to pick up on that. <laughs> Tiki Barber had a thing where he had a hard time hanging on to the ball. They actually equipped him, I believe, with a sleeve that helped him do that or took it off. or something. They did something to his arm to try and help him out with that and to, uh, to get that. I figure where they put the sleeve on or he had a sleeve on and he took it off. One or the other, they did something with it to try and help him to hang on to the ball because he kept dropping it. He's a good running back. But when you drop the ball, that is not good. And he did it often enough that other people knew about it. And so when they came to tackle him, they let in with that. That's what, they, that's what they do. Sometimes you'll see that too. A certain player will come around and as they're getting ready, they take that arm and they get the big swing and they bam, try and hit that ball. And then they grab hold of the person and try and take them down. They are trying to get that person to drop the ball. Now, there are some people like Brian Westbrook. He is not known to drop the ball. Tiki Barber was. Now, Tiki got better. He was able to fix things on that, but why do we drop the ball? I began to ponder this question. Why do we, as Christians, drop the ball? Because we've all dropped it. Here are some of the excuses that people have, have uh, had or have thought or have looked at. First off, I have reached my limit. I have reached my limit. How many times have you dropped the ball because you are doing this and you are doing this and you are doing this and there's a fumble on the, on the carpet. And so what do you do? Pick it up again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that one. And so now you got that ball and the other one and the other one and the other one. And if you get enough balls, eventually probably one of them's going to drop. And so the, the thing is, you've reached your limit. You are carrying too many balls. What is the cure of this? Well, some of you might be saying, well, just say no. <laughs> and that can be a cure. In some places, that's what you need to do. You need to say no. But the other one is to grow. <laughs> Bigger people can hold more balls. Isn't that right? The bigger you are, the more balls you can hold. Now, Moses, the first time, the first time he realized he was called to be the deliverer for Israel. And so he went out there and he began to, to, to do this. And he reached opposition. What did he do in our terminology that we're using today? He dropped the ball. Why did he drop the ball? I didn't sign up for this. I mean, they're supposed to recognize I am the leader. I am the one to take them out. How come they don't recognize? Why are they abusing me this way? So he he'd reached his limit. That's all. He's willing to carry the ball so far. That's it. No, I'm not going past that. Now, the second time, we see, he, and he, he did a little better, but Pharaoh came after him after the first plague and he's ready to drop the ball, but he didn't. He picked it, he held onto it and he kept going. And that was about the last time you saw Moses drop the ball. 
He was pretty good after that. I think by football terms, he was fumble-free the rest of his career. One time, of course, at the Rock, but he knew what he was doing on that one. And he just decided to do it. That's all that that was. Well, uh, you've reached the limit. So you've got to grow. You've got to grow yourself spiritually. You've got to grow yourself so that you are ready to take all those things on. Make sure you don't take on so many balls before you, 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 you've grown to that level to handle it. Well, I was, I was beyond my ability. I haven't developed my skill set in that area. I know that I have skills in that area. I know I have talents, but I, I went beyond what I can do. And I, I dropped the ball. I went, went too far on that. Well, what's the cure? Increase. Increase your ability. I got to get on back. I got to work on that better. I got to become better at that skill. Better with that talent. Better with that ability. I got to be able to do something more with that. Peter over in Matthew chapter 16. We just read this not too long ago. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus Christ. This is after Peter professed that he was. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Does Peter drop the ball? Sure did. After scoring a touchdown. Just scored a touchdown and then he drops the ball. This was beyond Peter's ability to understand. And he began to speak out of the ignorance that he had. No, don't you be talking like this. Don't you be saying that you're going to die and all that. No, don't be doing that. It was beyond his ability. We need to increase in revelation. We need to increase in understanding. You must be so focused on getting your life to increase so that you are ready to carry that ball. So that you are ready, you are not stuck in a position where you dropped it because it was beyond your ability. How many of you watching football somewhere over the course of this year saw one of your favorite receivers try and catch a pass from your favorite quarterback and he's out there and he stretches and he reaches and he gets his hands on it and it looks like he's bringing it in and then he hits the ground and the ball goes free. Oh. How many of you are saying to yourself, Boy, he is a fantastic player. Wow. I mean, to get that close, to take that pass and fly through the air like that and be able to get both hands on it and almost bring it in. How many of you were saying that? How many of you were saying, Oh, I can't believe you dropped it! I can't believe you didn't pull that in! Just needed to hang on! That's all you needed to do was to hang on! Or you see a receiver. They're not outstretched. The ball hits them square in the numbers and the defensive back times it perfectly. Then he catches it square in the numbers and at that same time, the defensive back comes in at his side and hits him with a jarring, jarring hit. And his head whips over to the side and the rest of his body goes in another direction. And the ball comes out and you say, Oh, I hope he's okay. Right? That's what you say? Man, I, I am sure glad he gave his all and laid his body on the line. How many of you stood up and said, Why can't you take a hit? <laughs> we want that ability in that person to increase. We want it to increase now. we got to get to that place where we are increasing our ability. And not wait till later on when we drop the ball. Increase that ability now. Get yourself studied up. Take that gifting that you have and develop it. But I'm not using it. Who cares? Can you imagine one of the players sitting on the bench of a Super Bowl team? Have you been working out this week? No, the coach hasn't put me in the game yet. When he puts me in the game though, I'll start working out. No, what do they do? They work out ahead of time. They're getting themselves ready. Should the call come that we need you? They are ready. You're the third string quarterback on the team. You may not know this if you don't watch football all the time, but the third string quarterback on a team cannot play in the game 
unless the first two quarterbacks are disqualified. So you will not see the third string quarterback come in for mop-up duties unless they are absolutely sure they do not need number one or number two. Because they cannot play them again at the third string quarterback place. So if you're the third string quarterback, well, I'm the third string quarterback. There's no real reason for me to lift weights, read the playbook, or study, get myself ready. I'm the third string quarterback. They won't play me. Increase your ability. Why else do we drop the ball? Well, there's a distraction. I see this thing as a distraction. I dropped the ball because I'm carrying this ball and I see this ball as being more important than that ball. So I dropped that one because that's just a distraction to me. That's not a big deal. Here's the cure. Replace yourself, but don't drop the ball. Replace yourself, but don't drop the ball. In Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. In other words, it is not desirable that we become distracted by serving tables and do leaving what we're supposed to be doing. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men who need to establish themselves who need an opportunity. What's it say? Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. These are not people who sat on a bench and said, well, when I get called into the game, I'll get myself ready. These are people who were ready. They got themselves prepared. They are ready. They are studied up. They are filled up. They are prepped. And they've been doing things in such a way that they have a good reputation. He said, you get those folks and you put them in here on this. Some of you are sitting on the bench waiting to get caught, waiting for someone to look out there and say, now I don't know if I should divulge this to you. But every once in a while when we do church picnics or we have the, the gang around and we play football. Most of the time, that we're playing football, I play quarterback. But not all the time. But most of the time I play quarterback and generally we do play co-ed football. So we have the girls involved. I know. No, it's not. It's not man, I'm, just, I'm just, I actually like it. Because we have, we just play touch, you know, and, and all that. And so what happens is if you get on a team and you have three guys and three girls, do you know who the other team focuses on covering? Guys. The guys attract all the attention. And so sometimes I like to be on my back there as quarterback. I try and help that out. And so John, he stands over top of everybody. He's on my team. Here, John. And John just stands up there and you know, catch that ball. And Well, we've got to put more attention on John. And so we put more attention on John. And, and Candace is on my team and they don't cover Candace. But I don't know if you know this or not. Candace. See, I knew Candace could catch the ball. And so sometimes we get in a huddle and I say, Candace, you go here. I'm going to throw you the ball. And I did. <laughs> because when we play two-hand touch, three, three completions is the first down. It don't matter how far you go on those completions. It just means that you've got to get three of them. Out of the four downs you have, you have to get three of them that are complete. Jeremy, Eric could be on my team. Michael could be on my team. You know what? They can catch the ball. Most of the time. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. I wasn't even looking at it. I was trying to catch it as by surprise. <laughs> they can catch the ball. And I can throw the ball to them and they'll catch it. And I'll tell you what, you get it in their hands, their little motor. They just take off and they go. And this is good. It doesn't always have to be the most skilled person. You take Christian. Christian's a fast guy. We can run him down the sideline. And if they, once they start focusing on the people that are going short, then we can start burning them on long ones. And you mix it up. Now we gave away the secret. Yeah. Distraction. Get a replacement for yourself. Don't drop the ball because you see it as a distraction. Ah, I'm just not interested. I mean, have you ever seen that? Ever play football in one of those games? Like in gym. You're in gym class. 
and you have some girls and they just don't want to catch the ball. (laughs) Now, why is everyone laughing? (laughs) Right? Would you catch the ball if I threw it to you? No. Okay. No, she said it. (laughs) They don't want to catch the ball. They do not have that desire. If they're out there, it's gym class. If they're out there, it's because I have to be. I don't want to be. And they'll, and they'll stay over. I was, I was on gym, gym classes when we had this. And these girls, they would stay over the side. And the ball would be hiked. And you wouldn't know it looking at them because they stay right there. <laughs> They're not going out. And if you throw the ball to them. <laughs> I don't want that coming near me. Might break a nail. Right? Yeah, that'll, that'll go on. I remember one time we were, we were playing football down at Ramah. And Raymond had a, had a field. And in the middle of this field was a puddle. It was close to a pond. It was a good size one. And I noticed as we were going back and forth on here that a lot of the guys that were playing were avoiding the pond. And so I got in the huddle and I told the guy who was quarterback and I says, throw me the ball over the puddle. They won't run into the puddle. Throw me the ball over the puddle. Sure enough, they didn't run in over the puddle. These weren't real. They were just, you know, we're just playing around and stuff. I got messy. That's all right. It's football. But some people, I'm just not interested. So what's the cure? Get real. We're not talking about sandlot football here, folks. We're talking about the business of God. Get real. Don't you sit there and say, God, I'm not interested in picking up that ball. Mm Mm-mm, I don't want that one at all. You're going to be down there with Jonah. I mean, God throws Jonah the ball. And what's Jonah say? I don't want that. Nope, nope. I know I can do it, but I don't want that one. No, no, I'm going this way. And they run the other direction. Get real. Come on, wake up. I don't care if you do or do not want the ball. God expects you in the game. Get real. That, ex- that excuse, I'm not interested, is not going to hold up with God. Understand this. If God needs it, the body needs it. And if the body needs it, you better get interested. How would you all like it if a disease was beginning to work into your members and then your white blood cells that were swimming around in your body that have been designed for the very uh, function of fighting disease and foreign organisms that come into your body. And your white blood cells all got together and said, I'm not interested. I don't feel like fighting today. You're on your own. Your body would be in trouble. I believe there is a disease that actually is, isn't that, isn't it? Where the white blood cells just don't care anymore? Yeah, something like that. It's not good to have that. Here's the last one. It is not for me. It's not for me. Ananias, Acts chapter 9. God comes to him and says, Ananias, there's a man by the name of Saul. I want you to go to him and I want you to give him a word for me. And he says, Are you serious? This guy who's got papers, who's coming here to kill all these Christians, you want me to go to him? This is not for me. This is not a job for me. No, 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 no. Find someone else. This is not for me. So what's the cure here? Grow up! Grow up or wake up, whatever one you want to put in there. But grow up! Man up, there you go. Come on! This is the body of Christ. This is a fight against good and evil. And you want to look at the ball bobbling around on the ground. Eh, it's not for me. I might get dirty. Just clean this uniform. I don't want to do it again. We should all be looking for those times when people would deliver the ball to us. We should be looking for opportunities that come along. And here they are, bouncing around on the carpet and not standing back there and saying, I wonder who's going to get this one. I'll get it. 
I'll get it. I mean, even if you consider yourself an offensive lineman, and by picking up that ball, or a defensive lineman, picking up that ball, you're not going to go very far very fast. You can find someone on your team, as long as you have possession of that ball, and you can hand it off to that person. You carry it. You'll do better with this than I will. And they can take it and they can run. You know, defensive back, they're fast. they got to be to keep up with the receiver. So if you're a defensive lineman, pick up that ball and hand it off. I've seen plays, though, where a defensive lineman picked it up and ran 90 yards. That should be embarrassing for those receivers on the other side. Dear Lord, you let a 290-pound defensive lineman run 90 yards faster than you. Hmm. Well, you can do all the things that you want to with the ball. In the end, folks, what counts is crossing the goal line. How many of you have watched highlights? This is one of those things that irritates me about the NFL. You, you're watching your game. Whatever game your game is, you're watching your game. And while you're watching your game, they're going to give you highlights from other games. So in another game, they have a 46-yard run from scrimmage in which the guy dodged a whole lot of tackles, some great blocks on it, and runs all the way down and gets tackled on the two-yard line. The next play, they hand it off to the big bruising fullback and he punches forward for a yard and a half. They are one-half yard away from the goal. And so on the next play, they just need a half a yard. They quarterback sneak it and the quarterback gets the ball, keeps it, doesn't give it to anybody and plows forward and all the massive bodies just begin to move and finally the ball crosses the goal line and the referee singles touchdown. Do you know what play they will show you when they show you the highlight? The quarterback sneaking the ball a half yard. Who wants to see that? I want to see the 46-yard run from scrimmage with the phenomenal blocks. I want to see the 90-yard catch. I don't want to see a half-yard quarterback sneak. They all look the same. Don't they do this to you? Because what's important is the play that scores. That's all that matters. So not all the great plays in the game make the highlight reel, but the ones that score do. So be in the plays that score. How are you going to do that? Increase your ability. Get yourself ready. Develop your skill, your talent. The things that God has given you at kickoff, you develop those things. You get them ready. You make yourself ready. So even if you are a bench player, when you are called off that bench, you are ready for that pass. You are ready for that handoff. You are ready for whatever it is that needs to go because you have been developing your particular skill, your particular ability. And if it takes you 30 years, 40 years, like it did for Joseph and Moses, you will develop it. You will get it ready. And when you are called upon, you will be there. One last thing to get to. There are three ways that you can treat this ball. Hypothetical one, of course, the one that God gives you. You can treat the ball as nothing. And when God gives you the ball and opposition comes your way and you all know that they want to tackle you because you are carrying the ball. Now they won't tackle you. You treat the ball as nothing. Don't do that. There's a, another way that you can go about this. You can treat the ball as nothing and as soon as opposition comes to you, just drop it and give it up. You can treat the ball as something and you are willing to take some tackles, but not every one. I mean, some guys can come up and tackle you, but if you see Brian Dawkins coming your way, I'm dropping the ball. He's just, he's just nasty. I know I'm coming out with hurt on if he's coming up. Or whoever it is that's, that's there that's just a feared player. So you treat the ball, this is, this is something. But there's limits to what I will do with the ball. You can treat the ball as nothing, you can treat the ball as something, or you can treat the ball as everything. When you watch those players on the field today, 
I want you to know when they have this ball in their hand, you watch them. They treat the ball as though it was everything. They hang on to that ball with everything that they've got. When a person bigger than them or two or three come in and they come in to hit them, they have their hand on that ball and they get down low and they take that hit and they hang on to that ball because to them the ball is not something and certainly not nothing. It is everything. When God delivers to you the ball, when others come and they deliver to you the ball, how many times have you said, this is not very important. I'll treat it as something, but I won't treat it as everything. Or somebody gives you the ball, this is, not, this is a one-yard pass. My ability is better than a one-yard pass. I don't even want to catch it. You treat it as nothing. You will have the option in your life to treat the ball as nothing, treat the ball as something, or to treat the ball as everything. When God delivers to you talents and abilities, what have you treated them as? Nothing? Something? Or everything? When your mentor, Sunday school teacher, pastor, head usher, whoever it is, comes to you and delivers to you the ball, I need you to do this. Do you treat that as nothing really? Well, something. But you treat it as everything. How can you tell? Ray calls you up. And he says, I need an usher tomorrow. Missing Bruce. Jim's at home. There's no one else that's going to be there. I need you to be an usher. And you know that to be an usher, what do you have to wear? You have to wear a tie. Someone is delivering to you the ball. And so you think about it the night before. Yeah, I'm going to be handing the ball tomorrow. It's great. You go to bed. And you wake up in the morning. And you get dressed. And on the way to church, you begin to think, Oh, why you asked me to be an usher? Well, I forgot about that this morning. And I just kind of dressed in my casual stuff. But, well, if he wants me. You didn't really leave any earlier. I'm going to be there just at 10. Have you treated it, getting the ball as Nothing. Something or everything. Oh, it's something. It's not that much. But when you get that call from Ray, and Ray says, I need you to be there at 9.30, and you know what to wear, I'll be there. And you get out the night before, and you lay out your best shirt, and you find a tie that matches because you know I'm watching. <laughs> And you get that tie that matches. And you lay all that stuff out there. And you go over and you set your alarm to be up a little bit earlier. And you get yourself ready. And in the shower you're thinking, I'm going to be an usher today. I'm going to be an usher today. And you get yourself dressed and you're supposed to be here at 9.30. You are here at 9.15. Have you treated that ball as nothing, something, or everything? You expect it out of the NFL players that are on the field today. Well, you expect it out of yourself. You expect that extra reach and the willingness to take a hit. But will you expect it out of yourself? Will you treat the ball that you are given as nothing, something, or everything? Or are you willing to be carrying that ball and fumble it on the field? Because you treated it as something but it wasn't everything to you. Until the little things in life that you do, being an usher, teaching the Sunday school, doing the offering, running the computer, running the sound, setting up the chairs, welcoming the visitors, whatever it is that you do, if you look at it as just something it will never develop you the way that it should. 
But if you look at it as everything, and you treat that job, no matter how big or small you think it is, but you treat that job as everything, it develops faithfulness in you. It brings you to a place in your walk that you would not otherwise be at. And God begins to look down and says, you have been faithful in the little things. You will also be faithful in much because you have established a pattern. As we said, if you give me just a few more minutes on this. As we said, when Tiki Barber is carrying the ball and Keith is going to tackle him, he's going after the ball because he knows that this man has a weakness. And we have to attack that weakness. Let me tell you what, whenever any team played the New York Giants... The number one thing that the coach always said to their defense is, get the ball out of Tiki's hands. Make him prove that he can hold on to that ball. And they'd come after it. If they had a rookie quarterback in, what do you think they're saying to him? Put him under pressure. They want to attack your weakness. Now, the enemy studies film. And he has studied your film. And he knows your life. And he knows your weaknesses. And he knows what it is that can get you to drop the ball. And they attack the weakness. Because they know what it is. If they can get you and they can attack your family, that's your weakness. And they will do that. How many of all are glad the 24 is back on TV again? Throughout the first six seasons, what has been Jack's weakness? The only weakness that Jack has ever showed in that show. Only one. He has no weakness except his family. And so they captured his wife. They captured his daughter. And they held them in a way to get him to do what they wanted. Now we're in season, season seven. There's no wife. There's no daughter. Which means, folks, Jack has no weakness. He's already said he has nothing to live for. Oh, man. (laughs) The devil knows your weakness. And he will come after that. Whether it's in the emotional realm, whether it's in the physical realm, whether it's in the pride realm, whether it's in the expectation whether it's in the offense, whether it's in the past, whether it's in the future. He knows your weakness and He comes after you at your weakness because all He cares about is that you drop the ball. He doesn't care how big the ball is. What He cares about is that you drop it. What's it going to take for you to drop the ball? You can get on the case of all the football players you want to for not hanging on to the ball. Let me tell you what, if you were in the field, you wouldn't be getting up from some of those hits. Me neither. I'm not saying that I'd be any better. Let alone hang on to a football. What does it take to get you to drop the ball? What does it take to get you to stop doing what God told you to do? What does it take to get you Stop developing that gift and that calling that God has put into your life. What does it take to get you out of the Word so that you're not growing in the Word and increasing your capacity? What does it take? Does it take financial concerns? What does it take? Because, see, the devil has studied film and there's film on you. He knows your weakness. I hope you all do as well as Tiki did. Tiki understood, first off, he realized, I have a weakness in this area. It didn't mean he dropped the ball all the time. I think, I mean, if you looked at the numbers, what was it? Maybe one every other game? And that was considered to be a prolific fumbler. What does it take to get you to drop the ball? Study film on yourself. Know your weaknesses. And when he comes after your weakness, I've sharpened that up a little bit, devil. <laughs> You're not getting me on that one anymore. 
got me on it before. But I've worked that out. I've made my right arm stronger. You just try. Go ahead. Go ahead and try. Take that ball out. It's not going to happen. You've got to prove yourself before they'll try and look for another weakness. He's looking. What does it take to get you to drop the ball? Father, I thank You that even though each one of us here have dropped the ball at some time or another, we have dropped the ball that You have delivered to us. We have dropped the ball that others have delivered to us. And we have dropped the ball when we have looked for opportunities. We've let them slip by. Father, we don't want to be ball droppers anymore. We want to take the ball for the kingdom of God. We want to do what's needed to do for the team. To take the hit. To do whatever it is that we need to do. But we want to carry that ball for you. Not get discouraged because of what others do, didn't do, what others expected. Not to see, well, I'm too weak in that area. I can't do it. I don't have an interest in that area. This is whatever the excuses have been. We're willing to stand up to them and not drop the ball. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. The first off, we recognize where our weaknesses are. What causes us to drop the ball? And that you can say, all right, here's what you can do to make that stronger, to build that up. That we can become the best person at what we do that there is. That we don't just hold the ball and treat it as something. We treat it as everything. Because our God gave us the ball. Whether directly or through the hands of someone else. We carry this ball for the kingdom. And we will be faithful. We won't drop it. Give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.